Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple PTSD and Vikings Territory for giving us a chance to post our podcast there. Be sure to check out the great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and Vikings Territory. Kyle and Sam back with a win against the Lions. Yep. A very interesting game. I know we pride ourselves on trying to keep it optimistic as much as possible over here, while I think also realizing that despite a win, there's some things to talk about uh, with yep. this team. So we're, we'll try to, to talk about it in some positive ways, maybe room for improvements. Uh, but that was an interesting game. And yep. I don't know... Um, uh, those are the games you need to win. Uh, yeah, those are the type right. of games you need to win. Uh, and it really doesn't matter how, in some ways. Uh, yeah. but still, some things to work on. I think is probably an, a, a gentle way of saying it. Hmm. I'm looking at some of the. I mean, they're not the most crazy advanced stats, but they're they're important statistics when you kind of finish a game and seeing that Detroit had possession of the ball for just over 34 minutes. And uh, therefore the Vikings had it for a little less than 26. So that's still a pretty good gap. And it suggests that things went poorly. And I mean, like you said, these are the games you got to win. So you get there 28, 24, you're now two and zero in the division, which is huge because that's, that's going to be one of your tiebreakers, right? So right now, I believe they have the top spot in the division, right? I believe they are because Green Bay is also two and one, but they should have the tiebreaker over Green Bay, obviously. Um, so it's good to get this win. Two and one feels a lot different than one and two, doesn't it? Like just you know, even though like there's there there is no such thing as a week three must win game. Like that's any, anyone who's calling it a must win game, I think is misguided. But I can tell you it feels different to get to two and one, doesn't it? Especially over the like given this recent history, these past couple of years, two and one's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. It it that game would have really hurt to lose that to yeah, two stinkers yeah. in the row between Detroit and uh, against Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. that would that would be hard. That would that would be tough. Yeah. Um yeah. just as a note from the standings, I can see it does look the Vikings are first. Chicago is yeah. also two and one. Um, I, I I I meant to actually check because I saw they're in a close game with Houston. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, my gosh, if the Bucks beat the Packers and the, then it's the Lions and Bears at the tippy top with both. And so I just I was doing this uh kind of scenario in my mind as the game was going on, but I I, I forgot to check the final score. So yeah. Bear, yeah. Bears are two and one. Are they above the Vikings? No, not not from what no. I can see. It goes it goes Vikings, Packers, Bears. Uh Packers beat yeah. the Bears, Vikings beat the Packers. Yes. Uh, that's all we've we've got in terms of yeah. tiebreakers at that point. Um yeah, it, it it does feel good. So let's let's start with the offense here with our first down okay. here. Um offense looked better than last week. Yeah. Probably not as good as the week one. I think one yeah. of the interesting things is uh I, I think here here we'll go with this. Uh they felt like they established a little bit better of a run game than they have maybe in, in either week, really. Yeah. I mean, they, they ran the ball reasonably well in week one, but I think it was after they broke that lead 
So they were kind of draining the clock. Whereas here they were running the ball to get the lead back. Like it was about finding offensive rhythm. And so it felt more crucial rather than just draining clock. Yeah. Like you needed to get those first outs and you needed to stay ahead of the sticks. And, uh, but then the interesting thing is that, yeah, you run the ball well, right? Like Dalvin Cook before his injury, you know, he had 96 yards and 17 carries. That's excellent, right? Like, like he, he, he was getting chunk yardage. And then Alexander Madison went for seven for 28, which obviously it isn't quite as, you know, just the, the per carry average. It's 5.6 for Cook, 4.0 for Madison. So obviously there's a bit of a discrepancy there, but even still Madison moved pretty well, I thought. Um, so the run game was good. It was effective. But it's crazy to think that, you know, they did quite well and they ran, you know, quite a bit, I suppose, but they only possessed the ball for not even 26 minutes. So, and again, that kind of speaks to kind of the strange, at times, clunky day for the offense. Uh, it's peculiar to pull up the receivers and Osborne's at the very top. You say, okay, fair enough. Phelan's second. Okay. Strange. Irv Smith Jr.'s third. And then you see Ben Ellison, Johnny Munt, Alexander Madison, then CJ Ham, and then you get Justin Jefferson. So it's peculiar. You know, you so much of this offense, if you eliminated, just like pretend like Justin Jefferson never even existed. You never heard of him. He was never part of this Vikings offense. You know, if you just had Thielen, Osborne, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, you know, it'd be a pretty good offense. Like I think it, I think they'd be good. Right. But if 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 you put in an elite wide receiver like Justin Jefferson, you know, I think the expectation is that week in, week out, Jefferson is so friggin' good. He he gives you such an advantage because he is basically just gonna torch anybody who's on a one and one. And when he's and when you really commit to slowing him down, fine, you know, opens up stuff for other players. Um, and I think that happened yesterday. You know, I think he has this gravitational pull, right? And so it makes it easier for the other guys to get open in the secondary, but it is jarring to see him only have three catches for 14 yards. And it, like the offense can be good without him, but it can be really good, excellent with him. Like when he's on, and I think really that's their expectation. Jefferson is their best player. He is, I mean, you can maybe argue if they have other elite players, but there's no argument. Justin Jefferson is an elite player in the NFL, and they kind of need him in a game-in, game-out basis to give them that edge. He's like the true number one center, the true whatever, I, you know, pick your sport, your analogy, but he's supposed to give you that advantage. And yesterday, two weeks now, actually, is, has, hasn't been quite right. Uh, so I think that's, it's weird to run the ball so well but then not have a type of possession. And I, I think Jefferson sucks part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm the, like, I think we're both realizing like the run game could be better. It would, yesterday was the first game where it actually felt like they established it as part of a strategy for trying to put up points yeah. and, and that. And and then as we look at it, there's always this balance in offense of figuring out the runs and the pass. And, and yeah. yeah, like Je Jefferson, it feels like should never only have 14 yards. Uh, yeah. he, had, he had six targets, which is still probably not enough. Three receptions, yeah. uh, 14 yards. It, I guess for maybe for me to turn it in a way, even kind of referring back to what we were talking about last week, um, they did get people into this offense. They they did spread the ball around relatively yep. well. And that's one of the things that you were pushing for last week. Uh, yep. Great to see CJ Ham uh, in, in, uh, yeah. 
in the uh, in the game, a couple a couple key plays, and and I think that realistically, you're not overly disappointed with the distribution, but you like Jefferson should be leading this team yep. in all these categories and, and receptions and yards uh, almost every single week. Mm-hmm. And yep. Yep. and yesterday he is pretty far down that list. If if you're sorting by 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 yards, yeah, exactly. I mean, they went two for nine on third down. That that's that's a big part of it. Obviously, just you extend drives and, and you get more plays, right? They had 67 plays on offense as opposed to 76 for the Lions, right? So again, like if you were just more efficient on third down, I say, oh, I'll just be more efficient, like as if it's simple. But you know, when you are more efficient, you therefore get more plays. You therefore give your playmakers more opportunity to uh, to get their hands in the ball, right? And the crazy thing is, Jefferson was one of only seven players, I think, who played 100% of the snaps. He, he was out there for every single offensive snap. So you have your five starting offensive linemen are all out there, your starting quarterback. That all makes sense. You know, that's basically what you expect unless there's an injury. And then there, there he is, 100%, 72 snaps on offense, Mr. Justin Jefferson. So... It is it's, there needs to be a sense of urgency. You know, we're going to London, not us, but the team is going to London and they're taking on the Saints. And uh, I think the Vikings should be favored in this one, right? Like, I, I think Winston is probably, um, it'd be fair to say that it's been a bit of a grind to start the season. I think he's turned the ball over a few times. Um, I think the Vikings are going to be favored in this one, but more than just getting the win, you want them to win in a certain way. Right. Like, I think you want that offense to be balanced and explosive and unpredictable. You know, they can be that way. Right. There's enough there for them to be that way. And, and, and really, there just feels like they're still figuring it out to a certain extent. Um, but man, if they get it all to click, you know, if they're, if they're just kind of figuring this out now and if they can go four and two in this opening stretch or something like that and really get this offense moving in the right direction, team could be tough to beat, really tough to beat. For sure, for sure, and I think we'll get to the Saints a little bit later. But yeah, this like the Vikings should be and need to be uh, a top half of the league team, and and beyond that, really, if you're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I, I every everything you're saying there makes sense. And I think talking about that dynamic with the team, I, maybe we'll flip over to the defense here. Yeah, uh, because I think that there's certainly some pieces within that that defense that feel like they were good, but also we're just I think we're still similar to the offense. We're still just waiting for a little bit more. Uh, yeah, that's right. A little bit more. I think particularly talk about uh, I, I think of Daniel Hunter. Um, yeah, Smith, and I know we've got this tracker going of. 30 sacks and yeah, man. They, they were there in week one. It was like this, they can do it. And it feels like they've kind of been missing in action the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Not, not on every play, but just there has really been a lack of pressure. It feels like on yep. the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so I think that as we look ahead and we're looking for something, that's an area where it feels like we're looking for a little bit more. They didn't get any sacks yesterday. Zero. Zero sacks, which is an issue. Detroit's got a, you know, they, they have a sneaky amount of talent. Like, I know it's tempting to think of the Lions as, like, 
this like pathetic team, but it's just it's just not true anymore. Like they they've got a good competitive team. I think that it's fair to say they're probably still rebuilding, but I mean they got talent on that offensive line. Swell and uh, and Sewell and uh, I think Taylor Decker's another tackle. They're good. Like they're they got they got talent there, and so it's not really surprising that Smith and Hunter didn't have like dominant dominant games, but there should be more than what we're seeing. I really I question. I mean, far be it for me to question a, a coach who's been in the NFL for decades, but I question um, how light the box is. You know, they basically have a six-man box, and I think coming into the game, they were even averaging less than six, which is just astonishing. And so I wonder how much uh, you're asking these defensive linemen and edge rushers to do, you know, would life be easier if there were seven men in the box. And I, I know you sacrifice something in terms of coverage, and, and so I get it. You're trying to steal from Peter to pay for Paul, and I get that that presents some challenges, but um, it's tough, right? You know, and, and, and especially in an opening half, the Lions did a really nice job throwing football, right, and completing passes. And it makes me a little nervous to think, you know, if St. Brown didn't kind of sustain that injury and was kind of slowed down, you know, would it have been a bit of a different day, right? I had a buddy message me and make that point. And, you know, it's possible it would have been. St. Brown's an excellent receiver. And, um, you know, the Lions, they were, they were three for 16 on third down, which is not very good. But they were four for six on fourth down, which is quite good. And so they were, they obviously, had, there's a couple points where they obviously figured out how the Vikings defense was going to play some of these things. And so they would leak out, a running back or leak out a player to the flats that therefore causes the middle linebacker to step up into the flats to take that minute. Okay, fine. But meanwhile, in behind, you get a crossing route coming and they basically trusted. So you, you basically get that linebacker to vacate that kind of middle area of the field. You get that crossing route in behind. Quite often, the corner is just not able to keep up. It's so difficult to kind of stay on your man hip to hip as he's kind of running horizontally across the field. You know, they did that several times and picked up critical first downs by doing that. And that was just understanding the rules of this defense. Like, they see this defense, understand that the linebacker can see that player in the flats, therefore go to try to solve that problem, but in so doing, create another problem, right? In, insofar as your corner can't follow that man tight enough running, you know, across the field, just with a sprint. And so there were moments there where you're thinking, oh, frick, like they they kind of figured out the defense in that moment. And, and that was a real issue at several points. And so, again, I just kind of wonder with the box being so light, you know, if you had an extra man in that area of the field, um, you know, would it have been a touch different? But I mean, like yourself, with that point you're making, it just certainly feels like there could be so much more. Um, and, you know, they're missing Harrison Smith. You know, and there's still it's still new, and there there are different factors. And and again, like the Lions have some for real talent. DeAndre Swift is legit. Hawkinson is legit. St. Brown is legit. Their offensive line is very good. So it's like, you know, they're not just pushovers, right? Like this is actually a pretty good football team. But there's more there, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's a good point. Is figuring out how much of this. Uh... Like if you add an extra person in that that box, does that just unlock their ability? Like I think that's probably fair to say. I I would going into yesterday's game, 
with the understanding that Harrison Smith's out and seeing what we've seen so far in terms of the coverage. Yeah. I I don't disagree with the idea of of focusing more on on the coverage uh mm-hmm. and and pulling maybe not having as many people in that box but mm-hmm. um yeah it just it would be really nice uh to see them bring some pressure and it's this dynamic on defense i find that interesting about well if you hurry up the the quarterback he's not gonna have as much time to throw yep. um uh yeah i don't know i it would be interesting to see if and when there's adjustments that are made because like you said if yep. teams are starting to catch on on this then then you can be in trouble um yep. i'm surprised that you said they went forward for six i didn't realize that stat yeah on fourth down because it felt like less than that and i think it's because of the important fourth downs that were not had um right and those and, and right yeah help transition to what i wanted to say as maybe a positive about this defense is that there has been some bending but yesterday was there's not breaking and the defense came up really well situationally and i know mm-hmm. uh, dustin baker tweeted out yesterday too just this like the one of the big differences for this vikings team being two and one rather than losing especially a game like yesterday is the defense not melting down in those final yep. two minutes in those key yeah, times 100 and we saw that last year like especially before the first half, just it felt like every single game almost yep. there was a touchdown that was being scored or points that were being put up on the board. And yep. for this defense to be able to step up when they needed to yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. have some key stops multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. Also want to give a shout out to Dan Campbell for some play calling. Um, but <laughs> right. Uh, right. I, I think there are some positives, I guess, to take there and realizing that, while there is some numbers and yeah. some uh, some plays, like at the end of the day with the defense, it really comes down to a couple of plays sometimes of a win yeah. or a loss. And the Vikings were able to pull it a win, and, and that's credit to the defense yesterday. True enough, right? I mean, they were down 14 nothing, and then they were down 24 to 14. So in both instances, it's a two-score lead. And uh, it's awful tough to overcome a two-score lead if your defense just keeps allowing points. And so, yeah, give Cousins credit for the game-winning drive and the offense credit for kind of grinding it out a little bit. Um, but, def- you know, like you said, and, 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 and critical plays on a couple of key fourth downs, the game is completely different if that doesn't occur, right? So they did make some adjustments, and I think they were obviously better in the second half. Uh, I'll just be curious to see. I know if, if I'm the Saints and I'm, I'm scheming it up, man, I'm leaking. Kamara out to the flats, and I'm getting, uh, I don't know, Michael Thomas or, or one of my receivers running a crossing route across the field, and I'm going to try and put that linebacker and corner in a bind and see if, if that defense can can adjust, the, or if, if they have adjusted this and they, if they have a solution. I'm doing that first, third down kind of thing, and, and, and just going to see how they do. Um, but, I mean, obviously, they don't... You know, I say all this, and I, you know, I kind of send these critiques, but, like, they just... You know, an NFL team, they have so many resources, and my tiny football mind obviously is is missing a lot. So we'll just I, I see how it goes. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be interesting, I think. But I think there are weaknesses, but I, I'll i just be interested to see how they adjust. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's probably – it is early, and I think there were some quotes that were even coming out yesterday after the game just about 
particularly when they're talking about the offense, but just mm-hmm. saying like, when we figure this out, like this is going to be really good. And and you can see that there is some, still some figuring out some growing pains, but yeah. I, I think it'd be probably pretty fair to say that partially because of the record, but also just because of what you see is the potential there. And mm-hmm that that you feel more optimistic right now than you have the last couple starts of the yeah. season three games in. oh yeah absolutely absolutely two and one man it's Win- it's much better than what we did before when winning helps winning helps so let's let's look ahead to the saints game yeah. uh really interesting game I, I think it's i'm i i find it exciting it's kind of neat that the vikings get to play in a game like this i don't know if the players love having a uh go yeah. over mid-season and yeah. the whole time zone shift and, and everything that mm-hmm. comes with it i don't think it's maybe the most ideal but it's fun and, and i think selfishly i'm excited for a 9 30 a.m game that's that's perfect um yeah but uh yeah. what i guess what are you watching for because i think they like said like this is certainly a winnable game uh, it's a game that's going to be interesting. It's a it's a different mm-hmm. type of game. It's it's going to feel different. Um, yep, and I think that's fair. And I, to say, and I think that this is a game that would be really really helpful for the Vikings to to put away a win. Uh, yeah, man, three and one, three and especially and one. especially since you know you get the Bears coming down. You get the Bears five. Come, yeah, and so you're saying, and I know the Bears. It's always kind of funny with the Bears. They always play us tough. We should never overlook an opponent, especially one in the division. But you're looking at that saying, man, three and one, that's pretty good. And then Frig get the Bears coming. Okay, like we're feeling okay about ourselves right now. I am, ner- I mean, everyone's going to say this. I'm nervous about the skill on New Orleans' offense, right? I mean, uh, Traquan Smith, the last game, went over 100 yards. Is it Olave? Am I pronouncing his name correctly? Chris Olave? He had nine catches, 147 yards. And then you got Michael Thomas and Kamara. And so they got a lot of skill. Winston, he uh, he threw two picks. The week before, he threw three picks. And so I think sometimes it's feast or famine with Jameis Winston. And I think he likes to take a deep shot. He likes to go for it. And he's got some great weapons. But then I think at times, and so when he, you know, they feast, they, they can pick up some huge yardage. But I think at times, too, there can be some famine in that um he'll throw inside coverage and there's opportunity there for a Cameron Bynum for Harrison Smith should he be healthy enough to come back hopefully he is if not him then Josh Metellus really seen you know we'll just see right and so I'm looking really I'm looking for a decisive Vikings win uh I really would hope that they um can kind of keep in a good rhythm I don't know if Dalvin Cook will be available for this game I'm right now. I kind of think in my mind, Alexander Madison will play or get the start rather, and then maybe you sprinkle in some Clive Chandler. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if if it is Madison, how do they handle Wongwu and Chandler, um, who kind of gets those primary backup carries. But it, either way, even if Cook does play, it'll probably be a fair bit of Madison. Um, yeah, and then it'll just be kind of interesting to see. Like I really would hope that they are able to generate pressure on Winston create some turnovers, which I think they haven't done a good enough job of so far. Obviously, you think of the game-winning interception, not game but game-sealing interception for Metallus yesterday was excellent to see. But um, 
yeah, early and often, create pressure early and often, create some turnovers, and really a decisive win. Because at this point, if I were to say to Sam, like, what what is Minnesota's normal? What what can we expect from them week in, week out? Well, we've had a decisive win, a decisive loss, and we've had a come from behind close one against an upcoming division opponent. So it's kind of hard to say. Like, we haven't seen, we've kind of seen some patterns in a sense of like, on kind of like a smaller scale of maybe they struggle to slow down the run, or maybe at times the offense is a little bit clunky, or, you know, whatever it is. But in terms of uh, tendencies for this team, what we can expect, it's hard to say at this point because we've had three kind of different outcomes. And so uh, I'm looking to kind of see, can they kind of establish a little bit, right? Again, against the Saints and then the Bears and then they have the Dolphins after that. What's normal for this team? Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good question that I don't think many, many could answer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just to touch on a few points that you mentioned there. I, Dalvin Cook, I think what I've read so far is that it seems like he's going to try to play, but I was thinking yeah. yesterday yeah. that there isn't, this is out of all the star players that you'd have for the Vikings or or starters, even if you want to go that broad, like to have an injury at running back is an area where the, the Vikings have some good depth and some, mm-hmm. some good options. And so mm-hmm. uh, Dalvin Cook is the best running back on this team, but there are certainly some options. Uh, yep. And so that one hurts a little bit less than than losing like a Harrison Smith. Right. Um, right. Both great players, but but the, there's some some depth there, which is good. Uh, but you started to mention some of the Saints weapons. I know Kamara had that massive game a couple of years ago against the Vikings. Uh, like like yeah. record setting yeah uh, but yeah christmas day i believe yeah or... yeah yeah um uh that was like, one of the first podcasts that we actually ever recorded is uh, that right yeah, Gosh, yeah what a miserable start yeah i know that we we got the tail end of the uh would have been the 2020 season right uh no 20 yeah yeah that would have been 2020 because then we did all 2021 yeah yeah and then here we are 2022 yeah um, yeah. but, uh, uh, Chris, yeah, Olave, I think it's Olave, um, so. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Camara, yeah. you mentioned Smith. He, he had a big game yesterday. It seems like, but they've got, they've got some good receivers. And so it's, yeah, it is, uh, yeah. essential that the Vikings bring, uh, some pressure, but also that their, yeah. uh, their, their pass coverage is good, uh, this week, but it's going to be a fun game, I, I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of it comes down to this defense and and looking for this defense to to continue to do well and and I think we want to see it as an overall effort, but also just for them to continue to step up situationally is really yes. what you're asking for. Yeah. And so uh, there's times where they, like they might get burned, uh, but you need to come up with the big plays. Uh, and so I think that would be if they could be starting to get known for that. I think that's really what you'd hope. I don't don't care if they put up 450 yards a game if they're winning um right not that right. you want that but um right yeah yeah uh well i guess it'll be interesting to see it's uh early early start sunday morning uh mm-hmm. set your alarms for those who sleep in uh, yeah that's right we uh i i i won't be sleeping in um mm-hmm. got a built-in alarm clock with uh with the baby but uh yeah exactly yeah. that's right that's right. We uh, will. I guess we'll be back to talk about uh, the game next week. I know haven't been doing a whole lot of wild updates. 
But soon though, man, frig. NHL seasons. Yeah, it's right around the corner. What's the? I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but do you have the date in mind of of when the NHL starts? Early October or mid October? It's the twelfth. I think it's October twelfth. Okay. I know it's. I know it's kind of early mid October. So I mean, here we are. What are we today? September twenty sixth. So frig. It's. uh, It's coming, man. It's coming. It might be the seventh. Actually, it's really exciting. Yeah. 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 It's it's early October. I think it. I think it actually might be, might be the seventh. But regardless, it's going to happen soon. So, who are you picking uh, for the cup? We, we'll do that next time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's because well, Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's Tuesday, October eleventh. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good enough. Good enough. I, I got. I got the information now. Uh, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll pick. We'll pick Stanley Cup. We'll do that next week. You can prepare for that. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. We'll, uh, Okay, but yeah, the the lease. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. After all my research, uh, that's that's what I'll settle on. So, anyways, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.